We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. We started last Sunday night, and I got to go to Minnesota to be with Jan Markell and Mark Henry. We're going to continue with chapter 1 from the book of Daniel here in uh, just a second. And uh, man, we got some interesting developing, uh, developing things uh, going on right now. Um, we're going to get into them here in just a second. Oops, I got to switch over to my slides here. Uh, give me just a minute. Okay, there we go. Uh, so as, as I look at what's happening, listen, the title of our time together uh, for this message is How Can Anyone Not See This? So we're going to get into that from Daniel, from way back then. We'll be in chapter one. It says Daniel number two. That means number two in the series. Uh, but we're going to pick up in verse five here in just a second. Hey, a couple of things, uh, just in case you're interested. On Good Friday in the evening, at 412 Church, I am hosting a Seder presentation with Bob Probert. Actually, he does the whole presentation. I'm just the pastor there. It's a great time of food and really seeing uh, Jesus in the Passover. Uh, so if you want to come, you can uh, join us. There's not a lot of tickets left. It does include a full dinner, and it's a whole lot of fun. You're going to get the visuals to really put the Passover together, and it is a great time. If you love Israel... You want to know more about Israel and, and the Jewish people and uh, what the Bible has to say and about the Lord and the Passover, uh, join us if you can. As I mentioned, there's not a lot of spaces left, but you can go to the events on Hope for Our Times on either the website or the app, and you can check it out there and hope to see you there if you can make it. And then uh, also, we have an Israel trip coming up in May. That one's full. I have another one coming up in October. Now, here's the deal in October. I have a lot of people on the wait list, and I've just given you all a heads up. If you're on the wait list, uh, you received an email. If you didn't open up the email and you're thinking, I want to go in October, well, you better open up the email because we're limited in the amount of time we have to get registration. So um, if you're on the wait list, open up the email, and um, if you want to go, then register. Just follow the directions. The email is from me, actually from my wife. And then um, on Tuesday morning, Whatever spaces we have left, uh, we're going to open it up to the public. So, if, hey, if any of you want to go to Israel uh, with me in October, I'll be myself and Bob Probert. It's going to be a terrific time coming up this October. Hope that you can join us. Of course, Israel has some uh, interesting things going on right now. Maybe we'll get into that probably more uh, during the uh, Q&A time. Um, okay, so with that... Uh, Let's get going with this. As we look at some of the things, let's just state the obvious. So I'm going to start here. I love how Damon Duck put this together. One of my favorite to quote every Sunday night. Damon, thank you so much. And he's quoting in this place, uh, he's quoting from uh, a LifeSite News article about what's coming up here in May, certainly by now. I've talked a lot about it. A lot of other people have. Damon Duck has about what's coming up in May with the World Health Organization meeting and the United States being subject to the World Health Organization because of, of an executive order from Biden. By the way, an executive order from Biden also includes CBDCs, but uh, maybe we'll deal with that from another time. Okay, so this article says, uh, it's posting by Tom Parker who wrote the article, the World Health Organization is marching forward with its plans to make amendments to the international health regulations. Parker said some politicians have opposed the proposed amendments, uh, but this opposition has yet to prevent the WHO from moving forward. He had that as of now, WHO member nations have proposed 307 amendments to the proposed amendment and could result in a whole lot of global laws. According to Parker, these proposed amendments will authorize WHO Director General Tedros to declare new types of health emergencies, which we know, uh, give WHO regional directors powers to declare some types of health emergencies and allow the WHO to issue new types of health alerts. Uh, also will uh, authorize the WHO regional directors to declare a public health emergency to, of regional concern and authorize them to issue intermediate health alerts. Uh, Parker mentions regional directors and regional concerns and he didn't say it, but based on Bible prophecy, Duck says, I'm expecting that there will be 10 regional directors. 
who will turn out to be the ten kings, leaders or czars in a world government led by Antichrist. Now I want to comment here, I don't know if Damon Duck is right on that or not, but it's so interesting. As we are watching, we can tell there's, there's this global government that's coming. We know the Bible tells us there's going to be ten kings. Um, they're going to be appointed. They're not going to be voted by you and me. They're going to be appointed in with the shaping of the, these health regulations that are, are coming. You know, the easiest way to manipulate people is to make them afraid. And the easiest way to make them afraid is to tell them they're going to die. You know, something's wrong with your health. So you can see this developing, but as Duck says, could it be? Maybe he's right. It's going to be through health regulations that we're going to end up with 10 regional directors. Remember when the rider on the white horse appears, Revelation chapter 6, some say the white horse is already riding, I believe about ready to ride, but it goes about conquering and to conquer. It has a bow, it doesn't have, it's not using arrows. We know it's not using arrows because the rider on the red horse takes peace from the earth. So somehow there's a conquering of the planet uh, without using conventional weapons. So you look at this, could it be health regulations? Maybe, or could it be through CBDC somehow? This is coming. So I find it interesting that Duck says that. He might, he might be right. Uh, also, it will, this meeting will increase the WHO Director General's power to censor so-called misinformation and disinformation. Yet yeah, that, that is, listen, you believe in the Bible, that's, it's just a matter of time before it's going to be labeled as misinformation and disinformation. It will also increase the WHO Director General's uh, power to track people to ensure that everyone it's the, you know what, this is on uh, that one particular channel. It's on the app and website. Be able to get in more of this tomorrow and probably Tuesday. A lot more I want to say about this, but it's about control. Uh, think of this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. We'll get to Daniel in a second. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. Jesus said, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? That's what's happening right now. America is the strong man. Without a strong America, uh, the enemy can do whatever they want to this world. With a strong America, you can, you can actually, uh, you, you have a balance in this world. <clears throat> so we can see what's going on right now. The strong man, America is, is being bound. And Satan knows that. These globalists know it. The George Soroses of the world know it. So uh, I remember several years ago, I was reporting on his channel that George Soros said he is going to pour $5 billion to disrupt America. And now you can see, I was wondering, how's he going to do that? Well, now you look at what's going on with the media and all the influence that he has with DAs, uh, the appointments to positions. Uh, man, what an interesting world. Okay, let me move on from here. Just a little bit more of this. Concerning world government, LifeSite News posted an article they said Dr. Francis Boyle, international law expert, is urging the U.S. to pass legislation introduced by Arizona Republican Congressman Andy Biggs to immediately terminate. This is interesting. This all has to do with what's coming in May. Terminate U.S. membership in the World Health Organization and immediately cut off all funding for, for the WHO. Why is that? So what is happening, the direction this is going, only two months away, with the World Health Organization meeting in May, it's like uh, this whole uh, America is going off the cliff. We have to terminate this thing right now. It's like pull off, stop it at all costs. According to Boyle, Congress approved the World Health Organization coup against the United States when it signed the National Defense Authorization Act in 2022 which was a Global Pandemic Prevention and Biosecurity Act. Um, interesting. So the only way for the U.S. to prevent the surrender of its national sovereignty to a global medical police state two months from now is to immediately withdraw from the WHO. It's like it's going. It, will this be stopped? A meeting of the WHO intergovernmental negotiating body to discuss what the WHO will do next is scheduled for April 17 through 20. So just about a, a month away. 
four weeks away. So you're looking at this going, man, we are racing toward this. I mean, so back to Daniel's title. How can anyone not see this? And again, we're going to see what happened. What did the enemy, what did Nebuchadnezzar do to the Jews when he brought them into the land of Babylon? I mean, there's so many more things I want to show you here. But before we go to Daniel, I'm going to show you a short video clip. Thanks to Chad Bell. I want to thank you, Chad, uh, for this. So, uh, it was on, he posted on his Instagram. I'm going to roll this short video clip, check it out, and then we're going to come back, going to start connecting with Daniel. Let's roll. One of the aspects of globalism, right, is, is if you look above, it says, it's from the World Economic Forum, it says, welcome to 2030. I have nothing, I own nothing, and I could never be happier. You see, what they do within all of these things that are occurring within this global governmental system that these gigantic men of power, masters of the universe, if you will, that are working towards, is within that framework, they're selling you this utopia. And by the way, no rights, no freedoms, all currency, equal distribution of wealth, the climate is great, uh, civilization is free, violence is gone. Now what they're trying to do is really implement a global order, a new world order. And within that framework of being stripped of everything, because it has to come at the subjugation of people, they're selling it as utopia. There you go. Selling it as utopia. So, all right, you guys pay attention. You know, you get this. So why you go here, you watch this, you read your Bible. Um, but we can see this. You know, again, like how can you how can you not see what in the world is going on? So let's get going on with Daniel, and um, <clears throat> in the time we're looking at this week ago, is Trump going to be arrested? What's going to happen with the econ e economy? What about more pandemics? The whole SVB thing. If we have time, we'll get into that. CBDCs, wars and rumors of wars, civil unrest, climate laws. Um, it, it's it's just that looking at all of this, and then you look at Daniel, and you see the manipulation in Daniel, you start to realize, with the mind, the mind games and the manipulation, enemy never changes his tactics. You ready? Daniel chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. So uh, let me stop, let me go back to uh, the first four verses real quick. We looked at them last week. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar takes these, uh, the Jews captive, brings them to Babylon, and he singles out certain men. And the story of Daniel focuses in the main character, Daniel, and his three friends who are known by their, mostly known by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we're going to see them by their Jewish names here right now, their Hebrew names. So we'll pick up here. These men have been taken captive. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is looking for young men that are really smart, actually good-looking men the whole bit, uh, and are... Uh, going to be able to learn the way of the Chaldeans and their language, okay? So with that, verse 5, Daniel chapter 1. And the king appointed them for a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. So it picks up these, these Hebrew men, and again it's going to single in on these four men, three years of training, Give them the king's delicacies and the king's wine. Now among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, to them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, uh, to Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. Uh, verse 8, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank, therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor in the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink. In other words, the chief of the eunuchs goes, look, and the, the Nebuchadnezzar, the king, I fear, I, I fear him, that's what I do. And yet, Daniel, I've got you, you have this special request. And he said, I fear the Lord and the king who appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. All right, so you got what's going on, okay? So Daniel says, hey, myself and my three friends, 
We don't want the king's delicacies nor his wine. And the eunuch's going, the chief of the eunuchs is going, Daniel, man, I like you. You're, you're a great guy, but this is a bad idea because you're going to be all skinny. You're going to look like a skeleton. You're going to look awful. And, and this isn't going to go good for me. It's going to be off with my head. Okay, but God is in this. What happens? Verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants. Give us just 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Ah, is this about being a vegetarian? We'll see in a few minutes, right? Uh, then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portions of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he, he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Wow. Listen, I, I guarantee you, these were not GMO vegetables that they were eating. There's no way. Verse 16, thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. All right, we're going to start putting this together because I find this fascinating, especially in the light of certain things that are happening right now. And I think you're going to see it here uh, real quick. So what, what is this? This is about, this is really what this is about, folks. This is about total indoctrination. That was the objective of the king of Babylon. Listen, that is the objective of, of, uh, of, of the enemy, Satan. That's the objective of these globalists. It is total indoctrination. Think about what's going on in schools right now. That's what this is about. Listen, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, wanted these men to walk, talk, and think Babylonian style. So what did he do? He has them enrolled in school for, we saw that, was it three years? Put them into school for three years. Train them in the way of the Babylonians, in Babylonian culture and Babylonian arts and Babylonian school. Agriculture, architecture, math, law, obviously language and astronomy, and we also know astrology. By the way, it's from the book of Daniel. This is my belief. I did a message on this back at Christmas time, so I'm not going to do that right now. But when you look at the wise men of, of Matthew chapter 2, how is it that the wise men that were from the east saw a star and recognized that the Messiah was born? Um, Daniel is of the wise men. This is interesting. In fact, Daniel is going to uh, be appointed, not tonight, not today. He's going to be appointed to the head of the wise men, the wisest of them all. I believe what happened was with Daniel, when he gets to that appointment, maybe we'll look at it a little bit more when we get to that place. Um, Daniel being appointed over the wise men knew the Hebrew scriptures and would have taught the wise men in Babylon about, in Persia about God, uh, the God of the Hebrews. Hence, when the Messiah was born centuries later, they were able to understand, it had to have been passed down, why would these Persian wise men have an understanding and want to go and worship the Jewish, the Hebrew king? Ah, I believe because it all started right here in the book of Daniel. But that's another message, another time. Okay, notice what does happen here in this total indoctrination. Three things that the king wanted to do. Check this out. Uh, first off, what did the king want, want to do? The king wanted to alter the way they think. Look at that. Alter the way they think. Um, this is, again, indoctrinate them into the ways of the Babylonians. What is happening right now? Listen, this is uh, social engineering that was going on here. Daniel chapter 1, that's social engineering. Let me ask you this. What do you think the entire globe, especially the Western world, has been going through over the past three years. What do you think is still coming? I'm telling you, it is social engineering. Uh, in fact, when you start looking at things, and you just think about it like that, social engineering, alter the way we think, what is happening in schools, what's happening in the courts. Why is it that we have, like a governor in California where I live, lets out violent criminals, uh, pedophiles, and yet we have 
things where innocent people are thrown in jail and still held captive without uh, being able to have a right to a trial. What in the world is really going on? There's a social engineering. By the way, let me say this before we move any further to the next one, um, is that this week, so we have this, this talk right now that Trump is going to be arrested this week, I think Tuesday. I haven't looked at the news today because of church, um, so maybe we can get to that in the Q&A. Some of you guys probably have. I don't know what's going on other than I know Trump announced it and uh, so forth. But then I read that he called for protest. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to tell you this much. This is what I believe. It, uh, we are, uh, there's gaslighting going on everywhere. Let out, the, let out the, the evil, wicked pedophiles. Do the uh, drag queen story hours. Um, people, moms and dads, bring their kids to those things. It's just unbelievable. Talk about the groomers. So, uh, b but with this, so many of these things, they, they just ga gaslight you. And I believe that the powers that be, the deep state, they want protests. They want civil unrest. Because if they can get reaction, then guess what? They can bring a martial law. They can lock everything down. They can come and take your guns and everything else. I think they want it to happen. So it's like whatever it takes to be able to shift the world to that place. So don't go with it. Don't be fooled by the different things that we're seeing. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. Okay, so the king, what did he want to do with these, these young men, Daniel and his three friends? Alter the way they think. Number two, what did he want to do? Alter their appetites. Alter their appetites. Check this out. Um, why do you want to alter their appetites? Hey guys, if you could, thank you. That's cool. Okay, there was a vast difference between the king's food and uh, the food of the peasants. Um, kings, the king's delicacies were no doubt pleasing to the eyes, and you think of the delicacies of the peasants, they're not delicacies, right? So when you get these three guys, okay, you get them trained, uh, you alter the way they think, you alter their appetites. What are you doing? You are breaking them down psychologically to what you like and what you don't like. Think of it like this. Start taking people who are uh, in the news media right now, MSNBC, CNN, on down the list, right? Uh, name whatever one you want. How is it that they get these people to, they all say the same thing. I'm sure you've seen the videos. It is like every news outlet they re they're, they're all saying the exact same thing. You can tell there's a script that is released to all of them, and you're going to say this. Hence, the influence of the George Soros's, uh, probably the biggest influencer, single influencer at all. Hence, it's $5 billion he's poured into the media outlets to own them and control them. So what happens? How do they do that? This is what you're going to say. Uh, maybe in the beginning, feeling a little bit conviction. I don't think that's the thing to say. Next thing you know, you're invited to the really fancy parties. All, you, you get these really fat paychecks. Um, you, 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 I mean, you start fly private jets. I mean, all of a sudden you start meet all, the, the food, the, the king's delicacies. All of those things are laid out before you. And let me tell you, you start, you start to compromise. That's what's happened. So uh, people are bought. You look at media, you look at, you look at Hollywood, um, you look at late night talk shows, it, you look, then you start realizing they're getting manipulated. Satan doesn't change his tactics. It's just a different generation uses the same thing, the same way Nebuchadnezzar knew. This is what it's going to take to get these guys to think the way I want them to think. Indoctrinate them in the schools, check. Get them to enjoy the delicacies that I give them. Check. So it didn't work in the case with these four young men, but this is the way that the enemy works. This is the way that he um, operates. By the way, um, many people, many people read this part in Daniel. Daniel's saying, hey, give us just vegetables and water, and they'll say, listen, this is about being a vegetarian. In fact, there's there's Bible studies that are given for the Daniel diet and so forth. Listen, that's not what this is about. It's not about being a vegetarian. It's not about uh, the Daniel diet. This is about the spiritual reality of what was going on with the Jewish people and a man who loved God named Daniel and what God was doing. This is, this is much deeper than that. It's not the meat. It's 
listen, it's not the meat. Let me put it this way. Here you go. Look at that. It's not about meat. It's about compromise. Again, let me repeat that. It's not about meat. It's about compromise. Um, and so when you look at these things, understand, again, what's going on here, right? We're going to get to the, the meat and the vegetable thing here in just a minute, but let's go through a few more things. So what did the king want to do? The king wanted to alter the way they think. He wanted to alter their appetites. Okay, check this out. And then uh, he wanted to alter their religious convictions. How did he want to alter their religious convictions? In this case, um, it has something to do with the meat, by the way, and the vegetables, but we'll get to that in a minute. But how does he alter their religious convictions? In this way, he changes their names. Why is that? Well, check this out. Let's go through all these names. So Daniel's name means God is my judge. The Babylonian name that was given to Daniel, which he doesn't go by in the book of Daniel, is Belteshazzar, may Bel protect my life. Bel was the highest god of the Babylonians. Instead of the Lord's protection and accountability, they wanted Daniel to appeal to this pagan god for protection. So they were trying to change his religious convictions. All right, next one is Hananiah, right? So you have Daniel, Hananiah. So Hananiah's name is changed to Shadrach. So Hananiah, his name means the Lord is gracious. Shadrach means to be illuminated by the sun god. Uh, Rak or Ra was the, <clears throat> excuse me, the sun de uh, deity. So we can see the direction this is going. The, the third one, Mishael, the Hebrew name, uh, means who is as God. Uh, changed to the Babylonian name Meshach means who is Aku, uh, a pagan god named Aku. Um, with Mishael, his, his name who is as God, it would be like for the Christian, hey, you have the, you have the name, you are a Christian, means who is like Christ. So that's what, in that very real sense, who is as God would be Mishael changed to who is as Aku. So you can see what they're doing with the changing the religious convictions. Last one, Azariah, the Hebrew name, uh, means the Lord helps. Uh, his name was changed to Abednego, meaning a servant of Nebo. Uh, and that is the, the, the Hebrew name. So you can see how just trying to change these in, um, in the, just a little bit, just a little bit of compromise, a little bit of a name change. Um, but then work through this, all right? And I want you to put it, as we go through this, in the context of culture today and see how everything is getting changed around us. And again, it's like a big social ex uh, engineering experiment that's taking place to just change everything. So here they're changing. What are they changing? They're changing their identity. Does that sound familiar? Absolutely. You better believe it does. Everything that was familiar to them, these four men, have been taken away. They were very young, very young when they were taken away. Their families, their homes, their religion, um, everything has changed. Uh, and according to the first century uh, historian Josephus, he said Daniel was a eunuch. If that's the case, it explains why Daniel was never married. But you can imagine, excuse me a second, you can imagine if all of this happens, the name changes, um, changing the way they think, indoctrinated into the way of the school, and then being made a eunuch. In other words, your private parts are cut off. I hope I don't have to explain this to you. Right, so you can imagine the radical psychological effect this type of thing would have on uh, people. They are changing their identities. This is not rocket science. Look what has happened now within our world. Identities are being changed, especially here uh, in the United States of, uh, of America, where you have this whole transgender movement, where he's or she's and uh, and uh, and. She's or he's and they's. I mean, what's your pronouns? It's just insane. But people have been taught this, and, and you have parents. I mean, I'm watching videos. Some of you guys have seen them where you have a parent that says, oh, my three-year-old daughter wants to be a boy, so we're going to have them changed. This is such e an evil thing. 
I, I, I cannot help but think of the words of Jesus. If you touch one of these little children, man, there's a millstone that's going to be hung around your neck and thrown into the bottom of the sea. That would be better for you than what's coming your way. I mean, things are just bizarre. Uh, concerning reprobate minds, right? I want you to think about this. How far we have gone uh, and what's, been, what's happened to identities and reprobate minds. First Lady Jill Biden, this is just a couple of weeks ago. Pretty much everybody has seen this now. And Secretary of State Anthony uh, Blinken, or Anthony Blinken, hosted the International Women of Courage Awards ceremony at the White House. Uh, Biden and Blinken presented Alba Rueda, a biological male, you guys heard about this, a biological male who identifies as a woman, an International Woman of Courage Award. I mean, you're looking at this going, wait a minute, International Woman of Courage Award? But you're a man. This is how bizarre it's gotten. So it's changing the identities, a big social engineering thing. Gaslighting, they, they want to gaslight everybody that they possibly can. Men entering into women's sports and winning. And what's really strange is women's movements, are not, women's rights groups are not even standing up and saying, hey, this isn't right. Uh, there's a school in, I think it was the Christian school, I think it was Vermont. Some of you probably know of the school that said, hey, we're not going to partake of this. We're going to forfeit this game because there's a transgender person playing on the other team. We don't want our girls hurt. It's not fair. And they're right. It's not fair. What do they do? Remove them from playing at all against any other school. This is gaslighting. This is absolutely wicked. But it's, it's like taking Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and, and turning this, uh, uh, it's like putting on steroids. Listen, these people can't even identify what a woman is. And what's a woman? Oh, nobody can possibly know. But you identify as a woman and you're a man. I mean, just the whole, the whole thing is just absolutely insane. Uh, but we can see the direction that these things are going. And folks, it's just, it's just absolutely bizarre. I have a lot more I want to uh, bring up here. But let me continue through Daniel um, for a few more minutes. And then we're going to bring up some more things. Because I want to talk about uh, what's going on with the economy and uh, what's going on with Israel, and uh, a few more things, if I can. Um, okay, so let's get here. Uh, with, let me get a, I just have a couple of takeaways I want to go through. Here's one I want to remind you of is pay attention to the little things. So Daniel, okay, he, he, he doesn't say anything about the name change. Really couldn't do anything about that. Call me whatever you want. Uh, call me idiot if you want. I mean, whatever. You can't do anything about the name change. Um, he can't do anything about the language. If you're going to get along, you're going to have to learn the language of the foreign country that you are now part of. But for some reason, he seems compelled by the Lord, and he is, obviously, you can tell how it goes. He is compelled by the Lord to make an issue out of the food. Why is that? Listen, I can assure you, this is not about the broccoli or the spinach or the carrots or the celery. That It can't be what it's about. Could you imagine Daniel going, you know what? Chief eunuch, I want you to get your head cut off because I'm only going to eat broccoli and like a little kid, and you can't make stomping your feet, and you can't make me eat anything else. After all of the other things, I mean, if he's become a eunuch, he's had his private parts cut off, and he's going to make an issue over the broccoli because he's a vegetarian. Folks, I have people who argue with me about this and think that is, it is not about being the, a vegetarian. Verse 8 says, he purposed in his heart not to defile or pollute himself with the king's delicacies and the king's wine. Okay, why is that? Think of this. Throughout the Torah, the, the books of the law, the Jews had dietary requirements that associated them with their relationship with God. And Daniel was not going to compromise uh, in an easy situation to compromise. This is easily a place Daniel could have said, you know, I'm just going to go along with it. Man, that food looks really good. Look at that. Look at that prime rib. Wow, look at that. Hey, they got bacon here in this place called Babylon. Look at that wine. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm here. Uh, when in Babylon, do as the Babylonians. No. He knew in this case, he, he, in his mind, no. This is something specific in the law. I can deal with the language. They've, they've done some bad things to me. I can deal with the language. Um, I can deal with the name change because I still know who I am. They're trying to change me. I still know who I am. But this is about me and the 
Lord. And it, listen, it's not about being a vegetarian, and it's not about not drinking wine. Here it is. It's about the law of God. Daniel is kosher. He comes into Babylon, and he recognizes, no, 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 no. This isn't what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go down this path. I'm not going to, ha- I, I'm going to make a decision here. I believe the Lord is leading me. Listen, and as far as the wine goes, it's not about wine. It is about kosher wine. They're in Babylon. And the king's wine definitely would not have been kosher. Listen, wine is a big part of Jewish feast days. Wine is a big part of uh, the Shabbat with the Jews. So it's not about the wine. It's not about the vegetables. It is about the kosher laws. Um, it is about Daniel saying, I'm, gonna, I'm living in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm, I'm going to, I've separated to God, and I'm going to stay separated to God. Listen, some people would say, well, this is such a small thing. Why would he make such a big deal about a small thing? Remember um, this, uh, Luke chapter 16, Jesus said this, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. Listen, this is, this is Bible 101. Uh, somebody can't be expected to be faithful in something that's big if they can't even be faithful in something that is small. You give somebody a small task to do and they drop the ball on it. Uh, They're not obedient in something small. You're certainly not going to say, hey, I want you to run the whole corporation because you dropped the ball here. You didn't even do this. You couldn't even do that. That makes sense? So Daniel's going, no, no, no. This is about my relationship with God. I'm kosher. I'm Jew. I believe in God. I couldn't do anything about the name change or the terrible things that they did to me or learning the language or any of those things, but this one area, uh, I've I've got to stand up for it. Hope that makes sense. All right, let me get one more takeaway, and then I want to get over to finishing up here and then get to your question. So the first one is pay attention to the little things. Next one is the time to make up your mind is before you are in a difficult situation place before you get into the difficult place. So keep that in mind just for your own life right now, your own life in Christ right now. Make up your mind before you're in a bad situation. Note in verse 8, he purposed in his heart or made up his mind. He was resolved, meaning he didn't wait for the banquet to be spread before him. He made up his mind beforehand. Let me read verse 8 again. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Now with the wine which he drank, therefore he requested the chief priests of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. That's what's going on here. But he purposed in his heart beforehand. He didn't wait. Listen, I got a problem with eating. I, I love food, and man, I try so hard. Purpose in my heart and my mind before I get to the restaurant, before I go to my friend's house and eat all their food. Even before I come home, if I know there's bread that's baking in the oven, oh no, this is going to be hard because open up the door, I'm going to smell all that fresh bread. It's going to smell so good. Get some Italian food. Oh, it's going to be so hard to resist these things, right? So it's purposing in your heart beforehand, and Daniel did that. The time to make up your mind is before you are in a difficult place, whatever that place is. Uh, if it's a relationship, if it's a work-related thing, listen, you always, listen, put God first. Let me tell you something. Let's go back to the media. You start looking at what are they doing. There's so many people in the media that know they are lying. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 3, when it comes to the last days, scoffers will come in the last days saying, where's the promise of his coming? Our fathers told us this. And speaking of people in the church who knew the truth, they used to hear it, and then it says, for this they are willfully ignorant. In other words, they choose to ignore what they know is true. They choose to ignore it. So when you look at modern Western media, mainstream media, they choose to ignore what's true. Why? Because they bought into the king's delicacies, uh, the glory of the world, the fame, the fortune, all the things that go along with it. They bought into it. They've compromised everything. So no matter what it is in your life, say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to stand up for the Lord. I'm going to do what's right, whether it's at work or at home or school or whatever it is. I'm going to move forward and and... And I'm not going to get sucked in by that particular environment that wants to 
suck me in. Here, Daniel didn't wait for the sights and the smells of the king's delicacies to be spread out before him. He makes up his mind beforehand, hey, no, nah, I can't have that. I had that, I was out with Mark Henry the other day in Minnesota, and man, he had these, these, these uh, uh, oh, cr- uh, those crisp cut fries or whatever they're called uh, from some burger place we were at or steak place. I had a burger, other people had ribs, that was so good. But he had the fries and they're put like between me and him. And I said, dude, I, I mean, they were so tempting. I wanted to eat them all. And I said, please get them away from me because I would have eaten all of his fries, but uh, I knew it was a bad idea. Um, so it, anyways, Daniel, he's trusting in God. The eunuch, he finds favor uh, um, uh, with. He's trusting in God. And Daniel, knows how Daniel, he's just, he just listen. Notice what Daniel doesn't do. He doesn't say, I demand my rights. I'm a Hebrew. You took me captive. I demand my rights. I wouldn't have done any good anyways. But look how he handled himself. I'm going to purpose in my heart. I want to be right before God. And this is the thing I'm going to do. So give us, this is what I'm asking you to do. Just give us vegetables for 10 days. Listen, the chief, he found favor with the chief eunuch. That is a big deal. Why? Because he is, his heart was right with the Lord. Listen, this is a reminder. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, Bible says this, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So Daniel, he sought out to, I'm going to be pleasing to the Lord, and it worked in Daniel's favor. Now listen, when you look at that proverb again, when a man's ways please the Lord, he, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Some people look at that and go, oh yeah, well, I committed to the Lord and I've got all kinds of problems and this person doesn't like me and that person doesn't like me and so forth and so on. Listen to me for just a second. Daniel found favor. He, he wasn't released from Babylon. He, he lived in Babylon the rest of his life. He, he, he had favor while he was in Babylon, though. He was even thrown into a lion's den. His friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, by their Babylonians, were thrown into uh, the fiery furnace. But God was with them all the way through. So yes, they were all still captive, but even in the captivity, they decided, we're going to commit to the Lord, and the Lord protected them all the way through. Listen, so many bizarre things are happening right now. When you start looking out there, uh, whether or not Trump's going to get arrested this week, uh, is that going to mess you up? Is that going to rock your world? Listen, if it does happen, you better believe it. It's going to. There's going to be some. Uh, uh, there's going to be some strange stuff that is going to happen. I'm telling you right now, um, it is going to be a time that's probably not going to be real pleasant. That's going on. Um, people are going to be rocked. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Just think of some other things. Let me just bring this up, and then I'm going to go to your questions. Concerning uh, Silicon Valley Bank, um, when I look at that, Silicon Valley Bank, I think, okay, we have Janet Yellen says they're not going to be bailed out. The next day, they are going to be bailed out, and apparently uh, $2 trillion are going to be poured into the U.S. economy to prop everything up. This is going to be so bad in the end. It's going to seem like, well, everything's good. And then also we find out, well, the big banks, too big to fail, they're going to get the money. Well, what's going to happen to the smaller banks? Well, basically, no, the smaller banks, if your money's in the smaller banks, you're not going to be protected. You want to know what's happening right now? This is how how, um, the markets and the economy is being manipulated within the banks. You know what they're doing? They're manipulating the smaller banks. I mean, they're, they're eliminating the smaller banks by just saying, if your money's in a smaller bank, don't expect to be bailed out. If your money's in a smaller bank, don't expect that you can't expect to be protected. But if it's in the bigger bank, we got trillions of dollars to help you. They're eliminating the small banks. This is about uh, the control and the power of even the banking system. And it's about going the direction of uh, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. And then we have this thing going on with Israel right now, where I, I read an article with you guys, I think it was last week or the week before, Gatestone, from Gatestone Institute, then it started popping up everywhere two weeks ago, that the Biden administration is funding the protests over in Israel. Tim Thompson, uh, Pastor Tim Thompson, he's over in Israel right now. He sent me a video a few hours ago 
some of the protests in Israel, and he goes, you think this is a patriotic Israel protest? It is not, because all the people, you saw the Israeli flags, wasn't that. These are about people that want to overthrow the government, start a civil war, and then he zeroed and he said, look, you got the LGBTQ flag out here too. This is not about uh, saving the nation of Israel. And you got the Biden administration involved. I pretty much guarantee you there's Soros money involved in this also. They want to destroy the nation of Israel. I can promise you it's not going to happen. They can go through some civil unrest. Israel will always exist. And these evil people that are doing this, listen, that's the apple of God's eye. And, and God's going to deal with them. Uh, again, a reminder, we have it here often. Joel chapter 3, what happens? God says, I will judge any nation. I will judge every nation that seeks to divide my land. You want to divide it? You want to bring in the protests? That's what you want to do? And then you look at the state of America right now. Man, we've been given over to a reprobate mind. Uh, just, uh, I mean, we, we suppress Romans chapter 1, the truth in unrighteousness, given over to a reprobate mind, uh, professing to be wise, God has shown our leaders to be insane. How else do you describe the decisions that our leaders are making? Some are making them because... Uh, they're part of the manipul they're the manipulators, and they know it's wrong. Like the George Soroses of the world and the Klaus Schwabs of the world, they know exactly what they're doing. It's amazing how many people are stupid enough to actually believe what's uh, the, these bizarre things. Boys are girls, girls are boys, and all the other stuff uh, is just a, a great idea. Um, they're deluded. God says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, "I'm going to send a strong delusion on the people that they will believe the lie." We're already in a delusion, but imagine how much stronger it's going to be because we haven't reached the place of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 yet. And by the way, I want to say this uh, before we go to your questions. I'm looking at the whole Biden thing and the information that's coming out finally being reported about Biden and China. I think they want to eliminate Biden. They want to eliminate Trump. They want to eliminate Biden. Uh, these people got a plan. Uh, Biden's been sufficient for them for now, uh, but... I believe this, they believe it's, it's time to get rid of him and move on to whatever they have next. And uh, so, listen, stay focused. Stay focused. Daniel was taken captive. He kept the Lord first. Listen, keep the Lord first. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Stay in the Word. Let me read these last few verses here. Chapter 1, verse 17. And for these four young men, Daniel and his three friends, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Daniel committed to the Lord first above all else. And with that, God blessed him. God blessed him abundantly. Gave him skill and understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, the ten days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and then the king interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, all their Hebrew names. Therefore, they served before the king. They were the best. These men were committed. They were the best. And what happened? And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and all the astrologers who were in all of his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Listen, put the Lord first. Amen? All right, let's go to some of your questions. Let's see. Got a little bit of time here. Start sending them in. I'm all for it. Get them going. I'm here. I'm not moving until I get your questions. So let's see if I can make this a little bit bigger. I'm not going to be able to make that screen a little bit bigger, but that's cool. All right. So what do you guys want to talk about? Question, here we go. Oh, yeah, if you could, that would be great. Uh, here's this first question from Elena. Our brain-dead president couldn't possibly, uh, let me see here just a second, our brain-dead president couldn't possibly uh, be running the country. Who do you believe is his puppeteer? Who do I believe is his puppeteer? Uh, that is a great question. Um, so, I personally think we're in an Obama 2.0 presidency. Oh, great, thank you. We're in an Obama 2.0 presidency. Um, and uh, oh, let me, 
Oh, man, I missed this question. Oh, oh, this is cool. I can go up. Hey, I just figured out something here, folks. But I personally think we're like a 2.0 Obama presidency, but I don't know if Obama is running this or if somebody else is running it or people that are much more powerful than even Obama. I suspect is people more powerful than Obama because I believe Obama is also, has been a puppet. He's just a higher up puppet. Uh, so there are definitely people behind the, uh, uh, behind the scenes that are running these things that we, I mean, you start looking at the, the bankers of the past, you start looking at all these different things and all the money that is out there and, uh, wow. Yeah. So Alicia Cardenas, do you think the last Jubilee 2025, according to a scenes calendar, uh, listen, I'm not going to get caught up in the, the Jubilees and so forth and and there's a lot of different people that do. They're all over the internet. And I've been caught up in different things in, uh, back in 2008, similar things. And I, I, I definitely don't set dates. And so I'm very concerned about looking at 2025. I'm even concerned about looking at 2030. And I'll tell you why. I do know Agenda 2030. I've written a lot about Agenda 2030. I have a lot more to say about Agenda 2030. These globalists definitely have their target at 2030. But somebody sent a question recently and said, uh, why do all you guys say this about 2030? What if it doesn't happen by 2030? Won't a lot of people lose their, their, their hope or their trust in, in you guys? Absolutely. So I'm very careful. What if we go past 2030? I mean, that's a hard thing to think of. I mean, seven more years of this, and it only gets worse all the time. It doesn't get better. I mean, how much more insane can this world get? Well, during the tribulation, it's going to get a lot more insane. There's going to be demons everywhere. So when I look at 2025, I, I don't want to set dates. Listen, I hope we are called home at any moment. That would be awesome. But I don't know when we are going to be um, called home. I don't know the day or the hour. Uh, but I'm always ready. I believe that the rapture is imminent. So I, I am always ready uh, for, for whatever it is that the Lord wants to do. And I think if we're going to be uh, here for, let's say we're, this is a hard one for you, but let's say we're here for 10 more years. How are you going to hold up? Um, uh, be strong in the Lord. Listen, I don't believe we're going to be here that much longer, but we could be. You know, back in 1988, I thought we were going to be out of here shortly after that. And then 1995 and 1999, you know, all these different things, but things are definitely getting to the edge. There is no doubt they're getting to the edge. It looks like we're about ready to go, but hold on. Just be strong in the Lord, and I don't know if 2025, I've just, I just don't really uh, pay much attention to uh, those things anymore. I used to pay a lot of attention to them, and I felt like I was a little bit tricked by them, so that's me. Kevin. Uh, if the U.S. doesn't get out of the World Health Organization, can the states still make their own rules? I don't know. Probably have to ask a, a constitutional attorney on how that works. Uh, Van Reckenderfer, uh, what do you think is going to happen to Trump? Listen, I don't know. I mean, if, if he gets arrested, I mean, I look at, okay, this is going to offend a bunch of you, all right? Half of what I see I feel is a big show. I take it back. 95% of what I see, I feel like is a big show. There's major distractions that are going on. That's what I really think, because I think there's a lot of big movements that are behind the scene, and everything is marching toward this new world order. Listen, and something else to keep in mind is Satan is the master salesman. So uh, I, I mentioned this at Jan Markell's conference the other day. Uh, the person who wants to sell the fire extinguisher, listen, they, they, they start the fire, then they knock on your, in your backyard, and they knock on your front door and sell you a fire extinguisher. Hey, what a quinky dink, you got a fire. Right now, these globalists are starting fires all over the place. And I believe Satan is ultimately behind it because he's going to bring along his man, Antichrist, to sell the fire extinguisher. That, that's what he's going to do. And as a fire extinguisher uh, salesman, Antichrist is going to look great, where really it's, his, uh, it's, it's Satan himself. Maybe work. who knows? I think, personally, Antichrist is probably alive right now, so he may be behind the scenes directing a lot of this stuff. I don't know. But a whole lot of different kinds of fires are being started throughout the world. All kinds of chaos. Disruption is happening. Lawlessness is starting to get more and more. And so... Yeah, I think um, Antichrist is going to be coming along to sell us the fire extinguisher. Daniel says, do you believe the Ezekiel 38 war is the war of the end at the end of the millennial kingdom? Um, 
Uh, and Florence says, I believe Obama is one of them behind the scenes. Uh, Florence, I agree. Obama is definitely one of them behind the scenes. Okay, so do I believe the Ezekiel 38 battle is the one at the end of the millennial kingdom? Uh, no, I don't, and for various reasons. Uh, let me give you one of them is that um, in Ezekiel chapter 38, you have Gog, Magog, war, but it's very specific to the regions, and you can locate them. You got the Sudan involved, you have Libya involved, we know Persia, Iran, uh, we know uh, it's coming from the north, we can figure out uh, Turkey and Russia are involved, they're going to descend upon Israel. Um, and then God wipes them out, and, and God is glorified, right? Ezekiel 39. But you can see the specific areas that are taking place. At the end of the millennial kingdom, you have this Gog-Magog battle also, but it is the whole globe. It's after Satan is led out of the, the place where he is held for the thousand-year millennial kingdom. Also, some, there's a few different keys that are in there. With the Ezekiel 38 and 39, after the victory, um, seven years of burning of weapons, there's different things that are taking place, marking of the bodies and so forth uh, is taking place. So that would mean this goes after, well, when the millennial kingdom is over, it's over and there's a new heaven and a new earth. It's not a matter of marking bodies and seven years of burning weapons and so forth because God's going to do away with everything as we currently know it and the new Jerusalem is going to descend from heaven at the end of the millennial kingdom. Uh, so the, the Gog-Magog battle of Revelation chapter 20 that comes at the end of the millennial kingdom when Satan is let out, again, it's all the nations from all over the globe, north, south, east, and west, are gathering together to make war against the Lord Jesus Christ, and it doesn't work. So there's a few differences there. So no, I don't believe that um, they are uh, the same. Um, this question is from Misconduct. When is Psalm 83 going to happen? Um, I, you know... My friend Bill Salas would say Psalm 83 is about ready to happen any time. Uh, and if you guys have followed me for a while, you know that I'm not necessarily totally uh, believing that Psalm 83 is a battle of the future. I do believe that, however, Isaiah 17, the destruction of Damascus is. Um, I, I look at, uh, I think Bill's right, probably Jeremiah chapter 49 is also something that's going to happen that will affect Iran. And maybe Bill is right. The Psalm 83 is a battle. If Psalm 83 is a battle and Bill's correct, then it has to happen before the Ezekiel 38 battle. Um, so that would mean it would ha probably would have to happen pretty soon. But I believe that the, the Psalm 83 is probably a prayer, and ultimately all of the victory that Israel has with the land that God has given them is going to be fulfilled during the millennial kingdom. Israel has never possessed, never possessed all of the land that God has given them. Did you know that? In fact, I think the most land that they possessed was during the time of Solomon's reign. By the way, this is a reminder for you and me. God gave Israel these promises for all the land, but they had enemies, and like the tribe of Dan, for example, didn't want to go against their enemies, so they rebelled against God, and then you had the kingdom split. So because of that, they never experienced all those promises that God had for them. Same thing with you and me. Sometimes we just don't want to fight the spiritual battle, and we don't experience all the blessings that God has for us because it's too hard. God says, man, I want to do so much more for you or, or through you and in you, but you got to be willing to fight. Sometimes it's, it's tough. Um, you, 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 you just kind of push through things a little bit harder, take a little bit of heat, no scoffers are out there and mockers and, and deal with it. But God has blessings for you. Like Daniel, if you're willing to uh, stand up and say, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what is right. But Psalm 83, I'm not necessarily one that believes it's, in, it's a battle that's in the future. But if it is, I would think it's going to happen uh, pretty soon. Richard McQuarrie, Satan started this. Satan will finish power, uh, corrupts power, absolutely. The end, Armageddon, the end. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I think I agree with you that, listen, Satan is the one behind the curtain. In fact, I did my message on Thursday just about that. Look, who's driving this whole thing that's behind the curtain? Satan, keep this in mind, Satan only loves Satan. He doesn't love anybody else. I don't care if it's George Soros. 
I don't care if it's Klaus Schwab, I don't care if it's Larry Fink from BlackRock, I don't care if it's Obama, Biden, I don't care who it is, right? Satan only loves Satan, and he will use all of these other people to do his will. He doesn't care if they're going to hell. He doesn't care about any of that. He only cares about himself and protecting himself, and he wants to keep himself from the retirement plan that God has for him in the lake of fire. He don't want to go there. He knows it's going to be exceptionally bad. So he's doing all that he can. He will use every wicked person that he possibly can. They're on his team, and they never even realize that they're deceived by Satan himself, and uh, he's going to use them right up until the end. Um, in fact, it's a reminder from 2 Timothy, I think it's chapter 3, where in the last days, uh, men will rise up uh, deceiving, uh, deceived, uh, deceiving and being deceived. It's both. They're deceiving people, and they are deceived themselves. They're deceived by Satan, but they think that what they have is awesome. Listen, Antichrist himself is a judgment, too. That when Antichrist comes, they're going uh, to worship him. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. John Haller is tomorrow, and um, uh, he's going to be joining me tomorrow. It's going to be uh, absolutely terrific. Uh, that'll be live at 2 o'clock uh, on the app. And then also we have uh, Israel Tour sign-up. Uh, it's going to go public on Tuesday. So if you are on the wait list, check your email. You got, a, you got an email. Um, my wife had sent it out. You got an email. If you want to go to Israel with us in October, I recommend you sign up before Tuesday. Tuesday is going public um, to everybody, anybody who wants to go with us in October. Um, and then also my new book is out, uh, Marking the Masses. You can pre-order the book. And uh, that's all I have for you now. So listen. May the Lord richly bless you, my beloved, in the words of J. Vernon McGee. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.